Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. We've almost made it to February, which is huge because it's my mom's birthday. Like not the whole month, but just like one of the days. And it's a month where theoretically we'll be open for the whole thing. I I think they're a little more interested in my mother's birthday, (laughs) but she's turning 75. That's pretty good. When's the party? Is there going to be cake? We've been 75 way longer than that, though. So actually, I mean, she's really just on our coattails. We're way older. but When she hits 90. Yeah, like I can't even remember the math anymore. I used to figure it out that one year when it was the... 80th or something it was like some kind of a like even number and i was like oh are we gonna do anything but it was like literally weeks before and you guys you were like oh oh yeah uh you know that would be cool but it just (laughs) nothing happened especially in lockdown times the birthday is technically december 2nd and it happened again this year but gwen actually said oh was it the mayfair's birthday and it was like december 5th and we're like yeah, <laughs> it's forgot. Yeah, it, it's all these things where you're like, oh, this would have been fun. We often talk about screening King Kong or something like that. That's kind of our go-to because it's, you know, around that time. But he loves King Kong, obviously. But then it's just like, no one really thinks of it till the week before or the day before. And you're like, oh, we're not going to this trouble now. Like, I mean, we're probably the only people who care too, so. Well, it's on our brain now. So hopefully, if not right away, but sometime in the near 2022 future, mm-hmm. we'll start having some special 90th anniversary screenings the catch is and i say this without trying to brag too much is we're always having special screenings Mm -hmm. at any given time you could point at our schedule and there's some classic playing or some new cool film playing or some retro cult film playing so it's like we could slap special screening on any of those Mm -hmm. and it kind of works but yeah it would be nice especially maybe Once we go over the hump of summertime, Mm. hopefully it's in a better world. Hopefully a few more restrictions have lifted. And there's all kinds of stuff circling, like live music with silent film or some special guests who want to come visit, Mm. that kind of thing. So December 2nd of this year is the 90th birthday? Correct. Nice. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, so it's nice and late in the year. It's weird that they open so late in the year, but in our rotation on our slideshow, and even if you just Google this, you can find it pretty easily, there's a newspaper clipping for the blue danube oh yeah i love that and it says right on it it's really fine print and it's not a great copy of the image but it says december 2nd and then it has some funny 1930s-esque catchphrases on it and something (laughs) like you know uh, admission a nickel and that kind of thing our 89th was almost two months ago so now we're approaching our 90th birthday but yeah but this year should be all Hopefully a little bit better. That's the news that hit since our last recording. I think pretty soon after is that we can come back on Monday, January 31st, which we are doing, which is weird for a cinema, but we're just kind of like, well, let's do a half week. And we are just screening four movies that got interrupted. Mm -hmm. So this will hopefully give people a chance who miss those ones to come and give them a look. And then the week after, starting on February 4th, we'll get back into rotation of booking new films and all Mm. that kind of stuff. The funny thing right now, not funny, haha, (laughs) we still don't exactly know the rules Mm. because there was a press conference with bullet points on various CTV, Ottawa Citizen, whatever. But as we speak, there is not an official posting on the Ontario website for covid stuff for businesses so a lot of people are assuming it's going to be like before but we don't know we haven't been officially told they said 50 percent, but is that 
50% or 50% with social distancing. They haven't mentioned the candy bar stuff. So we don't know what's going on quite yet. Yeah, and I had heard, I mean, initially when they were talking about before the practice conference, they were saying like probably still no snacks, but it's not really clear. And then as not enough people pointed out, but uh, you know, as most people who understand theaters pointed out, I don't want to say there's no point opening if you can't (laughs) sell snacks, but it's for most theaters. I mean, I think, you know, we still do okay because of the programming, but for most theaters, it's almost, it's not worth it to open up if you can't sell snacks. So many times over the no snack bar lockdown, we saw that our minimal number that we hoped to hit in a night, we were under by a couple hundred bucks. Jeez. So even with the restrictions of capacity, even with not many people coming because they were staying at home afraid of COVID, we still almost made it. And if the candy bar had been open, we would have made it. So all we can do is hope that the next few weeks, it's all rumors though, it's funny, uh, A news organization wanted to interview me, and I couldn't help but email back and be like, did you guys get information that we haven't? Because I just looked, and none of the things you just told me are there. And they had to admit that (laughs) it's the most old man thing, but you're like, news used to be reporting what is happening. Yeah, News is now speculating and guessing. And prodding. And prodding (laughs) and wanting to get the information out there that isn't quite factual it's very strange yeah reactionary i guess basically yeah they weren't coming to me saying oh here's the rules and the other thing is this groundhog day frustration where you're just like just use my news clippings from the last four times you asked me the same question i appreciate you trying to do your job and wanting to spread the word but also are you going to come back and talk about the Mayfair when we're open? Are you going to come to the Mayfair when we're open? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's it's frustrating. But at the same time, it's nice because like, it, it does feel like a step in the right direction, but it also feels like a bit of a tease considering yeah. how many lockdowns there's been and I guess still is. I don't want to go back into lockdown for part six. No, and and it's the worst part of this, I think we would all agree, is that we're opening three days after the Rakan comes out. So, you know, (laughs) we're probably not going to play this new shark movie with Alicia Silverstone. Only because of that. That is the only reason we won't be playing that film. So that's a bit of a shame. And the funny thing is, I noticed our friends at the Bytown, I will speculate that they were holding their tongue in furious anger. Yeah. Because this was on their Instagram, I believe. They said, oh, we're working on the programming. Stay tuned and we'll let you know as soon as we can. And then I think they were flooded with questions of, what are you playing? What are you playing? And they replied and said, we promise we'll tell you. And I replied, (laughs) because it is funny having that camaraderie between two businesses who you think are competitors, but really were not. And I just said, remember, the correct answer to, are you going to be playing that movie is always, maybe, we don't know, shrug. (laughs) And that's really it. No, it's got to be hard. And especially like for those guys still trying to get their footing and it's it's still new management. For sure, yeah. So I can't even imagine it's not even, there's no normalcy at all for them, you know. So it's like at least, I don't know, at least, you know, we've been around 90 years apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you haven't been here 90 years. but We've been locked down five times. They've only been locked down one time. Yeah. So it's not so bad. And I mean, like, yeah, I do wonder what it's going to be like for them if when, if ever, there'll be some normalcy to any of this. For us, we had this, they have it too. They have their patrons, their neighborhood. We have many a patron who go back and forth. But for those guys, this is brand new for them in this city. So although many of their patrons returned, I'm sure, it's technically a new business with an old name, which is exactly what we did, where we were the new kids coming in on an old business. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine 
it's so horrible to say this, but I can't imagine being normal almost. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's going to be so great, but weird. Hopefully a year from now, hopefully two years from now. Yeah. To just be coming to a movie and not wearing a mask and sitting wherever and... But we'll see. Because remember in March 2020? Yeah. How we were like, oh, this is going to be a weird couple weeks. Yeah, we laughed it off. And no, yeah. no one's laughing now. No one's laughing. <laughs> You're not laughing, haha, anyways. I mean, no. you got to laugh to keep from crying, it feels like at this point. Yeah. And I had the same discussion with various folks I know who run indie businesses here in town, where it's just at this point, we're all just like, hey, we survived this long. Yeah. And sadly, many businesses haven't. So. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to soldier through. It's still going to be a few more months of just barely scraping by. Yeah. And it's nights like that where, you know, when people say like, oh, I don't vote because it doesn't matter. There's so many people who don't vote. Yeah. I feel like that in terms of a small business, there are nights sometimes where it's almost comical where we pass our, there's a minimal number we hope to hit every night. And there's sometimes where we pass that by $30 (laughs) and you're like, Wow, so those people who came in and bought takeout popcorn or that person who bought a poster or that person who bought a couple memberships for their friends, that helped us just squeak by. If one of those patrons hadn't have bought two bags of popcorn yeah. or whatever, we wouldn't have made it past our minimal. So especially in these times, yeah, and that's why we need the candy bar because yeah. it's like that's what I always say before we had the candy bar taken away was everyone wants to help. And I'm like, the best way to help is when you come see a movie, splurge and buy yourself a bag of popcorn and buy yourself a Coke, and that really helps us. And now people can't do that. No, and as a weird sort of side note, I was at the grocery store yesterday and they, they had like a chocolate bar, 88 cents, whatever thing. And I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm not at the Mayfair, so I can uh, I can buy a chocolate bar for <laughs> right. myself. But one of the ones I grabbed, I'd never even heard of this. I'm like, as if this is a chocolate bar, it was a Kit Kat chunky popcorn flavor. What? And so it's literally a chocolate bar and it said popcorn. And I'm just like, I have to buy this. Like, I don't even know what this would be like. And, I, you know, no offense. I assumed it would suck. Yeah. Because I'm still try- having trouble. <laughs> I know some people put like M&Ms in popcorn and stuff like that. Like for me, it's uh, it's a little too much of things, you know. Anyway, so I left it for Emily and she just texted me. and was like, that popcorn chocolate bar was amazing. Whoa. So I'm kind of reeling right now because I'm just like. I don't know. I, I can't. How, how is a popcorn chocolate bar good? Was there little bits of popcorn in the chocolate bar, like I, Rice Krispie style? I didn't get follow-up details yet, but just that she said that the combination of the corn and the chocolate was amazing. And I, to be honest, I was going to eat it last night, but then I felt guilty because I had just eaten a coffee crisp. And I was like, I should, I should probably leave her one. Well, one of the best cinema junk foods I ever had was when Gwen and I were visiting Seattle right before the world went to hell. And we went to this awesome place called Cinerama, which oh yeah, I believe sadly has been closed. I just saw it in a movie yesterday. Oh, yeah? They go buy it. And I was like, Cinerama. But then I was like, oh, sh- it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming back. I'm in touch with a fellow who runs an excellent podcast, which I highly recommend. <laughs> called The Retroist. I was leaning like an old-time cowboy yeah. <laughs> when you say that. I reckon he runs himself a podcast. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> but he was saying that they had these amazing artifacts there, like Shazam outfit, a Adam West Batman outfit. Wow. I think a Supergirl from the cinematic classic Supergirl from the mm, mid-'80s. Of course. So they had all this stuff, and I think he said it's gone over to, there's this great nerd pop culture museum that, Oh, I forget what it's called, but it's M-Pop is its abbreviation. Oh, yeah. Museum of Pop Culture, I mm-hmm. think. So they said a lot of that stuff's gone over there. Huh. But when Gwen and I went there, we went to see 
Rise of Skywalker, and just giant screen, really nice cinema, a free arcade cabinet where we oh. got to play Galaga. Wow. And they have chocolate popcorn, but they had three different popcorn machines, if I remember correctly. One was regular, one was some kind of spicy thing, and one was chocolate. <laughs> but the catch is, to make the chocolate, you're essentially putting chocolate syrup in there, so it means you kind of can't go back without a lot of cleaning. So that is their chocolate popcorn machine. So we could do that here, but it instigates us being chocolate all the time because we only have one popcorn machine. I feel like that would be awful for whoever's cleaning that as well. Yeah, (laughs) and that's that's what I asked them. And they said, no, we have three machines that are three different flavors. And because it essentially gets caked on, but, oh, my God, it was good. Can it was you, so good. you do a mix? Will they let you do, like, a spicy chocolate? I think they do. I th- basically, they just take a scoop from one and okay. a scoop from another, right? I don't think I'm lying about that. It was like, it was two for sure, but maybe three different flavors. I mean, no one's going to know if you were lying anyways. We're just taking Someone your word Seattle's for it. Someone in listening right now. That's being, true. That's you're true. a liar. Yeah, they're like, Fraser Crane. It's like, what, what is he talking about? <laughs> but, oh, that chocolate popcorn was good. Man, that sounds good. And, and I think if you Google Cinerama chocolate popcorn, you will find various glowing reports and photos of it but well, and, and like sad people now that it's maybe gone not, doesn't exist yeah. i know there was some time i mean well people were like begging tarantino to buy it but i think that's just you're just like hey you're rich and we want this so please buy this and he already did that once yeah yeah and i mean if i were him i'm not gonna lie i probably would just be buying up theaters but like that's not maybe the best i, I don't know what then what you, you own 15 theaters <laughs> yeah. i don't know <laughs> well, i have to look into this because there was a story that Netflix was going to buy a couple oh, yeah. cinemas. Yeah. And it was a great idea because just pretend Netflix bought a cinema like the Mayfair. There's enough movies being made by them that they could have a new movie every week mm-hmm. and play some classics or whatever as well. And it just helps them to get awards and do that kind of thing. But it would almost be like a lost leader for them for publicity because then whatever's there, if you missed it, you could watch at home a week later or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not sure if they followed through with that. But I remember they were going to buy... I think like a New York City old-timey cinema. Yeah, because they were going to buy, what I heard was they were going to buy, this sounds kind of weird to say, but a cinema inside a cinema. They were going to buy the Steven Spielberg Theater, which was one theater inside of something else. Okay. It was something weird like that, because I remember the irony, because they were buying literally the Steven Spielberg Theater, and there had been that, he had gone on the tirade against they did that on purpose. Netflix-y type stuff, and then turned around and did an Apple movie, you know? And so, yeah. So yeah, like I think there was, that was the talk, but I couldn't remember. It was weirdly explained and it almost made it seem like there were other screens that they didn't own, but they would own this concert hall or something like that. Like, right. I don't know. That's like half a story, but it's If it was somewhere remember. like the NAC, maybe it's some giant building with multiple screens in it and they were going to buy stage B essentially. Yeah, because I think it was a way to get around a monopoly aspect of it because I know people were kind of upset at the prospect of Netflix buying it and just playing Netflix movies, which is not even necessarily what they would do. I mean, yeah, a lot of it, sure, but maybe we don't know if that's the only thing they would do. I mean, presumably if they bought Cineplex, they're not just playing only Netflix and that's it. I mean, if you're trying to make money, that is. I am 100% waiting for this news to come from Disney that Disney is going to buy Cineplex and it's going to be called disney cinemas because that's how it was back in the day warner brothers owned some cinemas and yeah. mgm owned some cinemas etc and it's another example of disney taking over the world it's a much more logical business model that's why disney plus happened because i don't know if people remember this but right before disney plus happened there was this big deal about disney giving their content to netflix and then somebody woke up and went wait a minute we could just make our own netflix and not share the money with anybody mm-hmm. 
So if Disney had a multiplex in every city, then they could play all of the Disney films, all of the Fox films, all the Marvel films, all the Pixar films, all their classics. Totally enough content to fill a multiplex. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that to go back to just the studio owning the cinema itself. Yeah, because you could easily just have one hall is playing animated, one is playing Marvel, one is playing whatever, you know, like you could yeah. you could even split it up. The most sensical thing, I guess, is to have one o'clock, three o'clock, maybe six o'clock shows, and then it turns into more like, not adult content, but you know, for Disney adult content, I guess. Well, then all these Fox Searchlight movies too, because mm-hmm. then you've got movies like Isa Tammy Faye and a number of other little indie movies like that, like The French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. So those could be on screens as well. I'm giving Disney a great idea here. Yeah, yeah. I can't even think of it. was like, I was going to say Birdman, but I can't even remember who that was that put that out. And so. I imagine sooner or later, there's going to be another Planet of the Apes movie, another Alien movie, another Predator movie, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and they're doing like the Alien TV show is, I think, now next year. Cause, but it's like yeah. Noah Hawley who did Legion and Fargo, I think. Oh, Fargo's so good. Yeah, and just, like, I mean, everything, pretty much everything I've seen anyway that he's done has been great. And the, the, the concept, I mean, Alien as a TV show, same with Predator. Like, those could be great TV shows, but it's like such a fine line. And I do think it works better with the way they're doing it, which is basically straight to streaming, but adult streaming. So you're not having to worry about it being on Fox or whatever, you know, and have it be less like, it's not like it has to be a gore fest, but with that, you know, you got to be able to have some like a chest burst or, you know, maybe a guy's head pops off. I don't know. Well, it's funny. The streaming world we're in the biggest thing I noticed, and it just caught my eye the other day. And I actually wrote it down because I'm on a mailing list for the Philadelphia film fest just because Gwen and I stumbled on going there a couple of years ago. And it was this great little film fest. And somehow they got my email because when I ordered a ticket or whatever. But it's kind of neat getting emails from places like that because you can just kind of see what they're screening. And they might have something that I can go, oh, that's neat. Tell mm-hmm. me about it. So in the near future, they are screening Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, House of Gucci. They're currently screening Spider-Man and Dune and Don't Look Up. All those movies are two and a half hours plus. Yeah. And then in the recent past, The Last Duel and Tick, Tick, Boom, and then the new Batman movie coming out, (laughs) all those movies are (laughs) two and a half hours. Yeah. And not that long ago, two and a half hours was rare. Yeah. Two and a half hours was an epic. I just listed off all those movies. So they're made by streaming services, some of them. Mm-hmm. where they don't care how long it is. Yeah. Whereas traditionally, it was like, well, we prefer the kids' movie to be 70 to 80 minutes. We prefer a comedy to be 90, 100 minutes. And a drama or a epic almost is two hours-ish. And then a real epic, which happens once every five years, is a The Godfather or something. Return of the King, even. Yeah. And... I don't know whose fault it is. I think it's a mix of Peter Jackson's fault because <laughs> those movies came out and made a bunch of money right. and they went, oh, we can make three hour movies. And then the streaming services who don't go cut off half an hour of that because mm. they're just like, yeah, whatever. So yeah, everything is just so long now. And I noticed it too, like the new Scream, which I've just been avoiding spoilers left and right, is two hours long, where I think traditionally a Scream movie was probably 90 minutes yeah, or so. Yeah. So everything's long. It's really weird. Yeah, and I, I guess we're supposed to just be like, well, as long as it's good, it doesn't matter. But there is, like, I mean, I don't look up. I think it's a perfect example of, I think it's just too long. I'm not going to say it's trash or something like that, but it's just like when you're sort of belaboring your point for that amount of time and you're just, I, I guess, I guess it's like, 
if you're going to have a movie be two and a half, three hours, please justify it. Don't make me think, okay, well, you really could have made that a little more concise and I wouldn't have just been sort of angry at how long it's taking to get to your point. Yeah, I thought The Last Duel, which a lot of people loved, but I thought The Last Duel could have been cut down by half an hour and yeah. been a better two-hour movie. And it's funny when it's someone like a Ridley Scott where you're just like, okay, well, clearly I respect your vision and you know way more about movies than I do. But at the same time, as I'm <laughs> yeah. also a viewer, so I think that's always kind of been the, the push and pull of it. You are making it for viewers, but also not really. You're kind of making it for yourself deep down, especially like an auteur like that or even like a, a George Lucas or whatever, you know? Well, that's the funny thing too is Batman 89 was two hours long. And the Batman coming up is three hours long. And if you look, there's just this domino effect of movies just getting longer and longer and longer because mm -hmm. it was like Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever were all two hours. And then the Chris Nolan movies were all two and a half-ish hours. And now this new one's three hours. Before, people would be like, no, you can't have a three-hour Batman movie because we want to fit it in X amount of times a day. Mm -hmm. So you got to cut off at two hours. And that would be the rule. That would be it. And it's almost like TV now where you watch a traditional sitcom, even something like The Simpsons, and The Simpsons are, whatever, 22 and a half minutes on the nose because they had to cut in a station identification and commercials and promos. But you watch a non-traditional television half-hour show, and one episode might be 27 minutes, one might be 31. So there's a freedom there where you mm -hmm. don't got to cut around commercials. But also there is some skill of being like every episode of Star Trek is 45 minutes on the nose mm -hmm. where the more modern stuff, which is done for, I think, Paramount Plus or whatever the channel is. It's cool, but they're like, yep, this can be 47 minutes. This can be an hour and one minute. Yeah, even HBO is doing that a bit too, like the new uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think there was one was 41 minutes and then one was 30. It was kind of all over the place. And then the irony with that was like the finale felt abrupt. And I think it was only 20 whatever minutes, 25 maybe. And then it felt abrupt. And I'm just like, well, you could have taken some time. Like you had, you know, you could have done another 10, 15 minutes if you thought it would flesh it out a little more. Like, come on. Yeah, it goes both ways where it's like you don't have to pad things out, mm. but then also you have the freedom to add an extra punchline. Because yeah. you watch something like, whatever, Seinfeld, 30 Rock, and you know there was times where they must have been like, oh, we have one more joke. And they're like, oh, you got 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do. And that's why Simpsons sometimes, you'll see it, sometimes they'll have a really long intro, yeah. and sometimes they just have nothing of an intro. Mm -hmm. And that's because they were like, this show ran a bit long, so we have to cut into the intro. Yeah, well, even the, sometimes they've added a little bit at the uh, end of the show. They'll have the little, like, everyone loves Ned Flanders bit or something like oh, that. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. literally a 30-second thing, and it clearly, and Family Guy as well, you know, like, I, I mean, that's pretty obvious on that show where you can tell where they're like, okay, this Conway Twitty song is going on for three minutes. Like, you kind of, like, I feel like you didn't have enough plot here. But then, like, the cinematic classic that is The Alligator People. Oh, God, yeah. That was 70 minutes? Yeah. So that was a drive-in double bill movie from the 50s. Eric and I watched that recently, and it looked great. Oh, my yeah, God. tight movie, too. Like, I mean, yeah. it was no wasted space on that. <laughs> and just so fun. Like, it's just the basic of before the movie happens, a guy is in a plane crash and gets spliced DNA with Alligator because that might save him. Yeah, they weren't really totally clear on yeah. why that was the immediate knee-jerk. All right, we'll try this out. And then the movie opens, and it's a guy on his honeymoon, and then he has to rush leave the train and abandon his wife. 
because he's going to turn into an alligator. Yeah, we don't know that at the time, but... Oh, I loved it. It was so much fun. But it's 70 minutes, and, and that's so different where Once Upon a Time, that was a feature film. Mm-hmm. And now, if you went to see most movies, if you went to see Batman and it was 70 minutes, people would be like, wait, what the hell? Yeah, no, they'd be super mad. And But I mean, for that, the bygone era of it is just so awesome. And to really like kind of get it, I will say he's only an alligator for like five <laughs> minutes at the end yeah. of the movie. So I mean... In that respect, I'm like, you know, you could have gone another 10 minutes of alligator action. But I mean, apart from that, it's cool to like be in that frame of mind because you just really feel like you're in that period, you know, that like out of driving or whatever. You don't look at your watch. By the time you look at your watch, there's 10 minutes left and you're like, oh, geez. All right. And I love movies like that because there's often no resolution. <laughs> yeah. They're just like. Okay, he turned into an alligator. Uh, roll credits. Yeah, and he's like, so he's just, I don't know, he's swimming away now. I don't know, like, what does she inherit? What do alligators have? Does she inherit eggs? And we both noticed the strangest thing is that how different, of course, a dumb statement, how different the 1950s was. Because our main character is his wife. And I think four times in the movie, maybe five, she says, I'm Mrs. Paul Webster. Yeah. I don't think we got her name. No, I don't think she ever actually said her specific name, which I found extremely strange that it wouldn't even have come up. And I said, can you imagine Emily being like, I'm Mrs. Eric Larson. Yeah. It just seems bizarre. Especially when your husband's an alligator. I mean, you you don't know it at the time. (laughs) Still, it's like, now do you change your name? Like, is it Paul Alligator? Like, I don't even know. Oh, man. I wish that movie was more famous because I want alligator people model kit. That would, you know what? That actually would be a good remake. I don't know that there'd be enough interest to do something like that, but just the concept of it, it was so ridiculous and over the top and of its time, obviously. But I think the concept, you do it like a Dr. Moreau type thing almost. The doctor in it wasn't a bad guy. No. Like you think he is, but it turns out everyone that you think is a bad guy is actually, there really wasn't a bad, like. No, it was one of those. was the creepy guy, you know, the drunk. Yeah, Lon Chaney as the the creepy drunk in the woods. Yeah, but besides that, you were almost, you know, it wasn't, no one was a madman. Everyone's literally trying to help this guy out. Out and it's just like, well, he's an alligator. <laughs> it was that very 1950s, the dangers of science. Yeah. But yeah, they would totally make a cool werewolf-esque movie nowadays. Yeah, and obviously add more gator action. More gators. Like, that's kind of the one <laughs> yeah. problem. The only problem in the whole movie was just not enough gator action. But there were some shots with the gator where I just flinched a little, where I was like, Oh, I hope no gators were harmed during the making of this motion picture. Yeah, is he swinging it around? He's wrestling an <laughs> yeah. actual uh, that I'm sure is doped up or frozen or something. But you you know it's an alligator. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I hope that alligator's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I was gonna say presumably it's dead by now, but not really. They're literal dinosaurs, so I <laughs> they're mean, they're still there. Yeah, they're gonna last a lot longer than you or I. So basically, that's where we stand at the Mayfair. As you listen to this, if you're listening to it. Late January, early February of 2022, we're either preparing to come back or we're back. So you can check our website and social media and all that stuff. I'll just quickly mention, because we talked about all these movies before, but the four movies making a comeback because they got cut short thanks to COVID lockdown are Delicieux. Oh, Delicieux. Delicieux. I remember we had fun pronouncing that. Yeah. And that's a movie that's going to be ironically fun to watch if we don't have a candy bar. Oh, true. Because you'll be starving by the end of it because it's just about the first restaurant in France and all these delicious cinematic food shots. And don't you sneak in a popcorn Kit Kat bar (laughs) because we'll we'll know. And then the Ottawa premiere of The Novice, which is a thriller that's getting rave reviews, genuine rave reviews. 
Then our two retro films, our 50th anniversary screenings of Deliverance mm. and Spaceballs. Oh, man. Very similar films. Yes. It's <laughs> quite a double bill right there. So, yeah, so that's the four films. And then stay tuned because we'll have news on stuff coming up in February. We are still doing the mini James Bond fest with and, four Sean Connery films. And a certain ninja and type New film. New York ninja. <laughs> yeah, very excited for that. I think that's actually why they are bringing us back because they saw that in the schedule. And they're they like, heard wow. about that. And they're like, yeah, well, they we got to bring to back. showing that movie. So maybe one last time we'll recommend movies to watch at home. Oh, did yeah. you watch anything this week? I did actually, yeah. I was just thinking that and then I immediately forgot what the hell it was. Oh yeah, I watched Night of the Demon, which is not Night of the Demons, which is also good. Yeah. And not the remake of Night of the Demons with Edward Furlong, not as good. Anyway, no, Night of the Demon, it's a 19, I want to say like 59. Oh, I, I could cool. be way off on that. But anyway, but it's like a Sasquatch type movie, Bigfoot type movie. It's, it's pretty notorious. Like it was a video nasty. And so for a long time, it never, it didn't have really a nice print or anything like that. And so it just got, I think it was Severin put out a real nice Blu-ray of it. Like it looks literally better than it's ever looked. And it's just kind of like, it was one of those movies where it's like, oh, a professor is taking his students out to the woods to look for Bigfoot. <laughs> and then they all get killed by, you guessed it, Bigfoot, which shouldn't be a spoiler, but sorry if it was. It's great because it's like man in suit. It's ridiculous. There's really good violence but like silly ridiculous violence but it's like really really a hoot you know and you can just tell it's like a good regional filmmaking type things that's a lot of fun and you get a good shot of sasquatch oh yeah like several and there's just like it's it's very on pc there's some moments where you like don't watch it with your parents you know but it's it's definitely a lot of fun best i'm gonna say best bigfoot movie i've ever seen barring harry and the henderson's i'm not gonna count because i mean that's uh, more of a comedy but yeah i watched i've hardly watched any movies at home because i've been busy kind of catching up on some tv and i like watching movies on the big screen but last night gwen was out doing a safe social distant visit to one of her friends so i was home alone and i was like i'm gonna watch something that she has no interest in so i watched the conjuring the devil made me do it oh there you've been wanting to see that and i know you said you didn't love it yeah but i am just a sucker for these movies and i'm a sucker for the in big quotations true story horror and I've got to read their book. I don't know if it's in print still. I mean, it must be. Everything. But just the part of the movie where they show the old newspaper clippings mm-hmm. and they play exorcism tapes and stuff like that. And of course, you take it all with a grain of salt. But I am a sucker for it. Mm-hmm. And I really like these actors. I think I hate the term elevated horror. But a Conjuring movie, Conjuring Part 5 or whatever this is, is a little better than, say, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 or Jason Part 5 or Halloween Part 5, just in that I have a little bit more trust in that these movies, they happen when they have a story to tell Yeah. versus just, we got to make another one, we got to make another one. Yeah, and this one, it, technically it's the third one, but of the series, it's like the sixth, I It's think, confusing, Because yeah. there's two Annabelles and then the Nun movie I didn't bother with. But yeah, like, I mean, they're all, like, even the Annabelle movies I like, like, because I, I had no expectations, obviously, but they've done a great job with that universe. And what I like, too, is if you dropped in just in this film, you could totally watch it. Yeah. Whereas if you dropped in just in part six of a franchise of something <laughs> else, you might be a little bit confused. Unless it's Friday the 13th 6. Yes. Because it's just <laughs> like, what do you need to know? <laughs> yeah. And the actors, Vera Farmiga mm-hmm. and Patrick Wilson and... James Wan still has his fingerprints in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really liked it. And I find it really scary. And also, scenes of like really good character moments. There's a part near the end where it's just this nice romantic moment. 
and you don't really have that in other kind of horror films. Mm-hmm. In the second one as well, they had some really nice moments like that. Yeah. I got to read that book. I got to ask Black Squirrel Books if, if that's out there. Yeah, track that down. And I, 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 uh, Night of the Demon was 1980. My bad. I was thinking of Curse of the Demon, which is 57. Oh. So there's too many demon films. I can't keep... Tra- and you're <laughs> yeah. talking about one too. You know, this is too much. <laughs> Demons everywhere. Yeah, I can't take it. Yeah, I watched one of those demon Night of the Demon films in like junior high. Yeah. And I was way too young to watch it. And it's one of those real horror oh, movies yeah. where you're watching it being like uh i shouldn't be watching this but i can't back out now yeah because someone gets a lipstick poked through a boob i think in that one which one is just demons that's interesting you say that because demons is 1988 the same year as night of the demons okay so you got the two-pack on that one but demons is that movie theater one where okay. they get the tickets to go to a theater and then everybody starts getting demon killed and and then a guy gets poked in the eyes <laughs> he's blind and then he gets poked in the eyes and i'm like well that's bad but he didn't lose his vision on like, a sliding that, scale of horrible stuff not to be a dick but i'm like i mean that sucks but at least he didn't see it coming yeah i like that era of scary <sighs> video nasty video store grimy 99 cent <laughs> rentals you know? your, your description is ever going and changing i love it so let's wrap things up for the week We'll be back next week with just a normal old podcast where we're talking about all the movies we're screening, and we'll have a couple of more upcoming stuff for the months ahead. Hopefully, we'll have an Oscar ceremony at the end of March. All kinds of good stuff to look forward to. Everyone stay safe and healthy out there Mm -hmm. and do your part, and we will get through this and just be back to a normal movie theater one of these days. With actual popcorn someday. Oh, dare to dream. (laughs) Hurrah. Okay, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, soon we can start to talk about an impending Nicolas Cage festival. More Cage. I bring it up every year, and it's never going to happen. Now, the greatest special effects movie ever made. Spaceballs. With strange aliens. Pizza the hot! <laughs> Magical powers. How can you do it? And amazing creatures. Watch what you're sticking that thing. <laughs> Mel Brooks. John Candy. Funny. And Rick Moranis. Spaceballs. Rated PG. Now playing. Check newspapers for a theater near you.